Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. I'm Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to week 55 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Now, we've gone out of our way to watch um, lots of films, <laughs> as many of them as we possibly could, uh, even the bad ones, so you, the listener, don't have to. That's right, Craig. It's been a while, but it is great to be back. Indeed, it is. It's been a hell of a long time, actually. Um, but David, what are we reviewing on this week's show? Well, we're kicking off with Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King, featuring a fabulous cast, including Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons and Dominique Fishback. Then strap yourself in, folks, because it's going to be a crazy spoiler review. It's uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and it's directed by Adam Wingard and starring, well... Godzilla and King Kong. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, is this film as good as its box office numbers suggest? Well, stay tuned to find out. We're then going to be reviewing Chaos Walking. This film is directed by Doug Lehman and stars Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen and Nick Jonas. Our next review comes from Apple TV, and it's Cherry. Uh, Tom Holland stars once again, uh, directed this time by the Russo brothers, uh, and they take charge for this, uh, well, epic movie. Yes, and our penultimate review sees Shock BAFTA winner. Yes, I will say it was a shock, and we will touch upon that briefly, but Shock BAFTA winner Anthony Hopkins star in The Father. He's alongside the brilliant Olivia Coleman, and this film is directed by Florian Zeller. And finally, in what will be an action-packed show, we'll be reviewing Sound of Metal, uh, directed by Darius Marder. This film stars Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook, and Paul Racy. I hope I've said his name correctly. It could be Paul Racy, uh, Racky. I'm not sure, but um, it's either, nonetheless. It's, it's, it's either Paul Racy or Paul Ratchy. We should have checked that. We do apologise, Paul. Yeah. But what I am going to say, Craig, I'm going to jump in. It's been, my friend, it's great to be back behind a microphone with you. Wow. It's been a crazy few weeks, maybe <laughs> four weeks or so since we were last on the main show, maybe longer. How art thou, Mr. Fields? How art thou? You know, it's a difficult one to answer because I am okay. Um, but it has been a bit of a roller coaster of a ride the last few weeks, last mm. month, I guess. Um, from podcast related incidences, I say incidences, it's not instances, it's podcast related fun. Um, as we guest starred on uh, a number of podcasts, um, we did, uh, yeah. Mike, Mike, and Oscar, big shout out to them. Um, as uh, you did a, an Oscar one, didn't you? Yes, we, I went on Mike, Mike, and Oscar with, um, 
Also, Mike, Mike One was unavailable. So me and also Mike, we looked at the Producers Guild of America Awards. We also looked at the Writers Guild and we studied the gambling lines. Um, if you haven't listened to me guest on Mike, Mike and Oscar, please do check it out and do check out um, their extensive selection of work as we build up towards awards season. And we also guested Craig on the Nomcast with Andrew Morgan. Me and you went on there to talk about Netflix's um, Oscar chances, their Oscar nomination. And we also played a rousing game of Is It Worth It with three films. So if you want to hear three films that I'm not sure we we reviewed maybe one of them on our show. Yes, Moxie, but two of the others we didn't. So go and check out the Nomcast with Andrew Morgan and see all the great work that he's doing as well. Yeah, and then I also did, um, with also Mike, uh, on Mike, Mike and Oscar's um, podcast stream, uh, we reviewed, uh, <laughs> uh, well, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh, what a film that is to review. But going on from <laughs> that, we are doing our own mm. uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League um, two-part episode with Herbie and Ranjit. They have come up with a, a, a fantastic episode or two-parter episode looking at the history of of um, the Justice League, how we got to this point where Zack Snyder has a director's cut almost and how it became a four hour long epic and whether it's better or not and whether or not it's worth watching is obviously the answer that's going to be um, put I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I loved, yeah, loved hearing good. you and, and also Mike dive into the Snyder cut. I would say though, Craig, that's a lot of podcast related information. The question was, how yeah. are you, Mr. Fields? Um, fill us yeah, in. Obviously, What's going on? Obviously, that all that stuff was very busy, and then and then other things happened. And uh, one of the things that happened was my partner Charis, or girlfriend, um, she had an accident and she really hurt herself. Um, ended up hurting her back, um, but she was she was okay. Um, and then a week later, on the Monday, we get a pigeon stuck in the chimney. Yeah. And then on that day, um, also, she gets a call to go back into hospital because she has further complications um, with with that. And it's just, it turned into a real roller coaster, a ride. We talked about it briefly on um, the Justice League episode with, with Mike, Mike uh, with also Mike, sorry. Um, but just then further chaos ensues with, with decorating things going on, tiling in the bathroom, yeah. uh, slight leak in there, followed by decorating in the in the bedroom with plastering and things sort of weighed being weighed <laughs> and being brought forward and then being brought backwards and and mm. uh, and things sort of really clashing with things that needed to be done with podcast related things and life yeah. simply got in the way and it's been a real difficult time to try and watch the films and plan yeah, and absolutely. produce and a lot a lot goes into making this podcast um which is mm. why we have obviously patreon available and 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 we really appreciate all the patreon supporters and all of absolutely. the people that listen it's it's huge and it really does help us um but unfortunately the last few weeks life simply really did get in the way and what with work on top of that yeah it's, and, um, and your it's garden thrown... the, the the garden being done as well and the plant thief in the area um just crazy crazy but, uh, times yeah and then on top of that the, as you say the garden there's been there's there's decking going in there's fences going in there's turf gonna go in mm. um some of it i had to do the groundwork for i had to go to the dump multiple times because obviously you <laughs> reduce waste from all the decorating um yeah. i will say that the 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 pigeon 
incident was resolved wonderfully by the RSPCA who came and rescued the pigeon out. Uh, the picture will be available on our Twitter feed, but thank you, RSPCA, um, for for helping me solve that issue. I, there, I, there was no way yeah. I would have been able to handle two serious instances that were going on whilst um, trying to get a pigeon out of the, out of the chimney. <laughs> it was a real, um, honestly, huge fat thing stuck up there, and I, it was a real struggle to try and get him out. And <laughs> honestly. Honestly, um, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, it did help massively. But uh, how are you? What's going on with you? Well, I mean, I've been pretty busy. Um, we've had, obviously, guest appearances, which are absolutely fantastic. We've already plugged those. I'm I'm on a bit of a mission, Craig. Um, we're, hmm. we're at that place again where I have made the decision to quit smoking um, for the 54th <laughs> time. Um, and I know you've given me a little bit of stick and we've been having a bit of banter back and forth over text and phone, but I, I do, I mean, I've quit smoking before I've quit for three or four months. I think the longest I might have done is five or six months. Um, to be honest, I can't remember, but I've never quit quit. Um, and I just feel like I'm getting to an age now. I'm 29. I'll be 30 this year where it's time to stop. Um, for a number of reasons, financial reasons, health reasons. Um, but I did just want to give a bit of a shout out to Line, one of our patrons and regular listeners. She tweeted me something a couple of months ago, or I can't remember when it was, that encouraged me to stop smoking. And it's little things like that that, that do encourage me. So thank you for that. Um, you'll be pleased to know I haven't had a cigarette for seven days. And hopefully with... With a little bit of willpower and uh, one day at a time, I can keep off those wretched cigarettes this time. Yeah, it is really, really good that you're you're quitted, and I have I have given you a little bit of um, a little advice, bit. I suppose it is uh, quite a lot of advice mm. uh, because because I know you, I know you very well, and yeah. I understand how you work in some ways. I know how your mind operates, and it's I we to to to. to really get you to understand <laughs> how not to fail you yeah. have to look at your past mm. and you have to look at your the way that you interact with cigarettes in a way yeah and you you like to go cold turkey so to speak yeah i mean we've that we've, saying? we've gone we've gone medium turkey on this um yeah so and this is what i was trying to say to you i was trying to say don't just stop because even if you stop for four months you will eventually pick it up again because history tells us that doesn't it yeah but we've had this argument off air history i mean i i had issues with other elements of addiction where i relapsed and i picked up again and history look this habit will be broken this time i'm determined i'm I, very I, determined. I really hope it i hope it does i really do um I really, I really do. I know you're determined to do it, um, but wean yourself off. I'm not saying cut down from 20 to 19 to 18. Like, don't do that. I mean, like, if you have cravings, stick a patch on, like, have patches. Yeah. You know, give give someone a packet and they can limit your mm. your intake because because it is, it is, it is like you can't go cold turkey on certain things. Like, I mean, but with all due respect, Craig, I have had, and I'm a, not fed up of it. I'm, I've had so, like, I've had some people saying, go cold turkey. Other people saying, use patches. Some people saying, smoke a vape. Some people saying, don't even quit at all. Um, 
I know, so, I know it's frustrating. I it know is a bit it frustrating, is. I know it but is. But the good news is seven days without a cigarette. Um, and, yeah, and for yeah, the yeah, sake yeah. of for the sake of this podcast and having been on here before blowing my own trumpet, I'm not going to pick up the cigarettes again. I just can't do that. We have had a really fun 16, 17 minute discussion in the intro here, but we should probably move on to the main aspect of what this actual show is all about. And that's reviewing some films. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's find out if this week's films are worth it or not. Let's do it. So much chat. There's a lot of talk there. I didn't realise. I apologise. So our first review on week 55 is Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, What is this film about? Well... I'm going to read you a lovely synopsis as prepared by the wonderful David Long here. Uh, And it says, Offered a plea deal by the FBI, William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfield, infiltrates the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party to gather intelligence on Chairman Fred Hampton, who's played by Daniel Kaluga. As time progresses, William O'Neill realises there is more on the line than just freedom. Uh, Will he align with the forces of good or will he subdue Hampton and the Panthers um, uh, by any means, as directed by the FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover, commands? Um, we don't actually have like a proper clip, but I have sourced a trailer. Um, have a listen, have a look, and we'll then jump in to the review <laughs> for Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. federal officer or you can go home the black badges are forming a rainbow coalition so there you have it folks that was a clip from the trailer for judas and the black messiah um Where do I start with this film? Well, look, this is a film that I have been so, so excited for. It's been my sort of most anticipated film of award season. Maybe my most anticipated film since, you know, last Oscars. Um, And there's a reason for that. I'd read a lot about this film. I'd heard a lot about this film. But the, the thing that really captivated me, actually, and Craig will testify to this, is that trailer. Like I thought that this was one of the, not one of the best trailer of the year. Um, I thought Kaluuya looked incredible. I thought that the the film, the the, the soundtrack, the overall production design of the movie, and I'm going to go on record and say I thought it had a chance for Best Picture and I had a bet on it. Craig will tell you that that will mean that I give you a biased review. Um, (laughs) And 
he's probably right. This is going to be a slightly biased review because I do want this film to be very, very good. But also, I've had a lot of time to come to terms with the fact that Judas and the Black Messiah, 99.9% isn't going to win Best Picture. Look, it's got a chance, but that looks like going to Nomadland. So I can... I have sort of accepted that I've lost my money there and I can give you a honest and reflective review. Um, that being said, <laughs> I absolutely loved this film. Um, like really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed it on a number of levels. And before I bring Craig in, um, it just has this really eerie, you get an element of it there in the trailer, but it has this really eerie soundtrack to start. And it starts with a Bill no, Bill O'Neill interview, sorry. Um, and it's got archival footage and it just grabs you immediately. Um, and the opening bar scene has some really striking muscular cinematography. And immediately this film had me engaged. Um, it's directed by Shaka King. Um, it's written by Will Burson and Shaka King, and it's got a brilliant cast of Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons and Dominique Fishback. Kaluuya gets an Oscar nom in Best Supporting Actor and Lakeith Stanfield gets nominated in Best Supporting Actor. A bit of controversy there. Mm. Um, the yeah. film is overall nominated for six Oscars. And before I pick it apart and give more of an opinion... Craig, what was your thoughts going into this? Obviously, I was very, very hot on it. And, you know, did it live up to your expectations? We we both paid for this. sixteen ninety nine, I think. You know... What, uh, it should be about fifteen ninety nine. if I fifteen ninety nine. My apologies. Yeah. Anyway, I've said enough. For, you know, what were your <laughs> expectations? And what, you know, what did you think? Initial, initial thoughts? Okay, so going into this film... I knew that you were very hot on it because mm. you had watched the trailer and I quite like to avoid trailers. Yes. And I did avoid this trailer. I didn't watch it. Oh, I wow. I didn't watch it, David. But on the back of you loving the trailer so much, I, I deliberately avoided it because of that, because your own advice, you gave the advice that you should never really trust a trailer in the sense that if it's too long, it's probably going to be bad. If it's too short, then it could be really good. But yeah. at the same time, you know, trailers give away the best parts of a film and I I tend to avoid them anyway. Mm. But I deliberately, purposefully, very much so avoided looking at the trailer for this movie. Um, you know, so I went into it not really knowing very much other than the fact that it had Daniel Kaluuya in it um, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And, and I really wanted to then view it as a very fresh faced young individual um, to learn <laughs> something new about um, the story that's going to be shown to us. And I did. I really did. Uh, Shaka Kin, King, um, it's, it's only his second debut, uh, second debut. It's his second feature film. Uh, Newly Weeds in 2013 was his first feature film, which actually was uh, to great critical success. As you say, he was the co-writer on this film yeah. um, along with um, Will Burson. Mm. And there is a quote that I have here from Shaka King okay. saying that, 
Um, he says, I think for a lot of black men, Fred Hampton is a real hero because of just how undaunted, unafraid and unstoppable he was. Yet people always seem centred on the tragic way he died, not at all focused on the heroic way he lived. And I wanted to change that. Now, 100%, the dynamic of this story is is you know is focused on his ability to use words to um give people a real sense of uh, change yeah. essentially and 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 he is a revolutionary and as you heard mm. in that trailer clip at the beginning there he really truly is because he is able to I don't know, he's not enraged, but uh, gather up a storm in the people that are, are listening to him and give them this energy to to make change. And it's a really heroic way of living because he's, you know, going against everything that, that, that the mainstream society is is wanting to recognise and, and, and going against it and, and trying to, to change black men and women's lives for, for the better. And and he really, 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 really does show that in this film. And but it's done in a really interesting way, in in the sense that we're getting this story from a couple of different point of views. Yeah. And, and and like you say, David, the film starts with this interview from Bill O'Neill, who is played by Lakeith Stanfield, and it's done in this really, really cool way. It's almost like a um, a recorded version of Lakeith Stanfield's character but based on a true a real interview was that is that yes, was that I would a say real that's, interview that's, that actually that, happened I think they actually have some real footage at some point I think yes you're right you're right there is there is I do recall it now um, it's at the end of the film isn't yes, it so you're right, yeah. it's it is um, a really interesting point of view because we're getting this story retold almost like third hand. They might have mm. changed some of the bits of what the interview was being said for Lakeith Stanfield's character to or Bill O'Neill to, to to speak. And the stories almost lead actor in a way then yeah. is Bill O'Neill because it's his recollection of what happened to Fred Hampton, this infiltration of, of the Black Panther, of the Illinois chapter. And, and then it's the, 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 so it's, it's a really strange way because as I think, did you already mention that they're both nominated in the same category? They're both nominated in supporting, which I don't want to go into the details, but basically that this was a big shock. Let's go into the details. Let's go into the the details. Let's do it. My understanding is Lakeith was campaigned in lead, but the Academy can veto and overrule that and place him in supporting. Yeah. And lots of yeah. people have analysed how much screen time he has. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But fundamentally, Lakeith was the lead in this film. Because if you're saying Lakeith is supporting and Kaluuya is supporting, then that begs the question, who the hell is the lead? But... Look, they're both nominated in the same category, and I think they're worthy nominations. I think both performances are brilliant. Yeah. No, they definitely are really, really fantastic performances. The film is about Fred Hampton and what happened to him. Yeah. But it's told from the guise of the or the or the or the or the um the point of view of of Bill. Mm. And he is an unreliable narrator in a way because he is going to want to spin his story in a way that is actually going to maybe look at him 
in history kindly. Yeah. But at the same time, does he want to get something off his chest? And it's, you know, he, you know, does that mean that he's raising up Fred Hampton and in, in what he was like? Well, I'm possibly not. I don't think he did actually, mm. because we his words are visible in history. Yeah. He has been recorded saying these things. We know what a man he was, but this is now the inside story almost about what got what happened along the way, and it's so intriguing. It's so. It's such a, a fantastic story. It almost begs the question is why hasn't this been made sooner? Mm. And why haven't we seen these stories come to light sooner? And there is this kind of, I don't want to say renaissance, but it is. It's like we're getting this, the a lot of um, really poignant stories about black culture and history come through. Mm. And this is a really interesting year in a sense then last year and this this year in the sense of the number of movies that we're getting that really are highlighting and showcasing the brutal nature of the uh, the, the the things that happened to black men and women in america and, and across the world really yeah um and 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 this is just a really beautifully told story visually told in a in a great way and and i learned a lot and i really 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 loved it i really loved it i really did yeah i think you i really enjoyed listening to that craig um <laughs> i think you've hit a lot of nails on the head there um one of the things that is brilliant about this film well there's a number of things but i mean look it got six oscar nominations and let's have a look at them we've looked at a supporting actor for lakeith stanfield and kaluuya um, it got an original song nomination, um, the song at the end of the film, um, which I think is very, very powerful. But the two I want to focus on is best cinematography and best original screenplay. Um, the cinematography is by Sean Bobbitt, um, probably best known for 12 Years a Slave and The Place Beyond the Pines. The cinematography mm. in this film, it hit me hard early. Like I, this was, I can't forgive me. I can't remember if I'd watched this before or after the Oscar nominations were out. But when I did watch it, I thought this, this, the cinematography in this is tremendous. Like this is really striking cinematography. Some of the camera angles, the way the camera moves, really, really powerful. And then what really hit me about this film is I thought the edit was very good, by the way. It didn't get an editing nomination, but I thought the edit was great. Was that screenplay? It does get a Best Original Screenplay nomination at the Oscars. And the script in this film, Craig, is superb. Like, for me, I hung on every single word. And what I loved about the script is, and what makes a good script, is that when a script is well-paced... So this had really, really intense moments and then it had really slow moments. Um, we obviously have the big rousing speeches, the I am a revolutionary. But then we see the Fred and Deborah moments where we see their intimate relationship and the way the script is yeah. pulled round. And there was one well, one set of lines that really stood out to me in, in the uh, in this film. And um, before you come back in, and it was when Kaluuya's character was talking about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and um, and and someone else says to him, you know, what happened to them? And Kaluuya's character says, same shit that's going to happen to all of us. Like that moment really hit the nail on the head for me because 
Fred Hampton, Kaluuya's character, knew what he was getting himself into. He knew that death was the likely outcome for someone who stood up against systematic racism in a time where people like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King were being assassinated. And it's just the way he said, same shit that's going to happen to all of us. Excuse the language. I know we don't normally swear, but it is in the film. I thought the script was great. I thought the cinematography was great. We've touched upon the acting. Sorry to waffle there, but I'm passionate about this film. (laughs) You did not waffle. I really enjoyed listening to yourself there. Um, You know what? I think, as you said, when you were looking at the cinematography there, it is it is it sets the scene it sets the era the the choices of camera lenses the, the but also the costume design yeah. and the set design um and everything it pulls you in it reels you into that 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 era um of what's going on um in in this time of um revolutionary of of civil rights movements and struggles and it's it's a fascinating insight into all of those things and and another you know strong and powerful influential voice of that time yeah. and and one that i I, I, I want to know more about. I want to read more about it. Um, if only time would allow me to, I would sit there and and and, and read all about uh, Fred Hampton a bit more and, and understand his life a bit more. And, and 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 yeah, I mean, I really want to watch the film again. That's that's the next thing, really, if I can. Um, it's just so so annoying that time eludes me. I, I need I need uh, I need some kind of like Bernard's watch or um, well something. To, I can offer you some. Yeah. I w- I watched this film twice. I watched it once by myself. Um, I then watched it again with my with my dad because I really wanted him to to see it. Um, it gets almost better on a second watch you know there's more meat on the bone there's 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 lots of meat on the carcass to get off here that you know that first yeah. that first meal there's not there's more meat um is what i'm trying to say like <laughs> it's 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 an enjoyable first watch it's a powerful first watch and it's a very um enjoyable second watch there's a couple of real sort of um edgier seat moments that I that I won't go into. I thought the way the um the the police, the way they were depicted, um some of the performances of the police officers that didn't have major roles, but I thought the way they came across was great. Um one particular standoff with the Panthers and the police was very, very empowering. And yeah. um also the the link between this film and the trial of the Chicago Seven is very, very interesting because the actual court scene where that gentleman is tied up in the trial of the Chicago Seven and bound and gagged in court is actually touched upon in this film. And these films, the trial of the Chicago Seven and Judas and the Black Messiah, I think touch upon they're very different films and I haven't got the time to sort of put them side by side, but they touch upon similar issues. And if you're going to compare these two films, particularly in a best picture race, for me, Judas and the Black Messiah has more to offer. It's more powerful. It's more unique. And I thought it was a better film, uh, personally, than The Trial of the Chicago 7. Different films, but they do have similar themes. Yeah, yeah, no, very similar, similar themes, similar, well, set in a similar era, you know, is a lot of, um, you know, as as I said previously, there's um, just a lot of social commentary of that time going on. And, and I mean, the, it's a say it's, it's a th- another thread 
on the thread as, as in like a piece of string and they all lead <laughs> to the same you know it's all things happening side by side and 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 it all leads to a similar thing mm. in time and yeah no it's it's an intriguing um brilliant film from from shaka king and i think i think we can ask questions now unless you have anything else that you would like to discuss about the film that you want to bring forward um, not, not really. The, the only other thing I did want to say is we obviously mentioned Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. I just want to say, I thought Jesse Plemons was brilliant. Um, there's one particular restaurant scene near the end that is so, so tense between him and Lakeith Stanfield mm. and also Dominique Fishback. Uh, there was Oscar talk for her. There has been award season talk. Obviously that didn't come to fruition, but I thought Jesse Plemons and Fishback, they, they weren't nominated, but I thought their performances were um, tremendous. I could, I could talk about this film in some depth, but uh, I think I'm ready for the question, Craig. If you, if you'd like to ask me the question, sure. So, Judas and the Black Messiah, David, is it worth it? Yes, look, Judas and the Black Messiah has got six Oscar nominations, and rightly so. I think this is a fantastic film on many, many levels. I think the acting has is superb for superb performances. It's got strong and muscular cinematography. The screenplay, in my opinion, is one of the best of the year, um, rightly nominated for an Oscar. I'd love to see it win. It won't win, but I'd love to see it win. And the production values perfectly captures the era. I think this is one of the best films of the year, rightly nominated for Best Picture um, and well worth the money. So if you haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, give it a rent, give it a watch. It's 100% worth it. Craig, for you, Judas and the Black Messiah, is it worth it? I mean, yes, it totally is worth it. And you pretty much summed up that film perfectly for an is it worth <laughs> it ending there. Um, so what I will say, other than yes, is that where this film is available, it isn't available in the UK in the cinemas, as of course cinemas are still closed. Um, they will be re- reopening fairly soon. I'm very, very excited for that. Um, yes. But if you want to watch it in the UK, um, you can rent the movie, so video on demand, and it's available on Amazon for fifteen ninety nine in 4K, Apple TV for Fifteen ninety nine, pretty much all fifteen ninety nine for the four K editions. Uh, Google Play, Chili, Microsoft, YouTube, uh, Rakuten TV, all basically all good video on demand places. Yeah. If you wanted to watch it for a little bit cheaper, um, you can watch it in HD on Amazon. Um, it's thirteen ninety nine, whereas everywhere else is pretty much the same price. Um, so so Amazon is the cheapest place if you watch it in HD. Um, it's a little bit of a couple of pound difference, but you know what? It's well worth watching in four K if your yeah. television um, or your laptop screen can handle all that quality it's so 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 good in that kind of quality um so that ladies and gentlemen was our review of judas and the black messiah come on judas so our next review on uh, week 55 is Godzilla versus Con. And David, I think it's actually your turn to to, to present what this film <laughs> is in fact it, all about. Yes, so Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Along for the ride is Gia, played by Kaylee Hotel, an orphaned girl who has a unique, powerful bond with the mighty beast. However, they soon find themselves in the path of an enraged, and I mean seriously enraged, Godzilla. 
as he smashes his way across the globe. This battle between the two titans is only the beginning of a mystery that lies deep within the core of the planet. Before we roast this film, have we got a clip for this one? (laughs) We have a trailer, yes. Fantastic. You can see it's been a while, folks. We have a trailer. Have a listen, have a look, and then we're going to absolutely roast it. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. to protect her and I think that in some way Khan did the same so that was a trailer clip I guess uh, for Godzilla (laughs) versus Kong um interesting uh that this film has come out in the way that it has in the uk um because it is actually going to go to the cinema as well as video on demand um we watched this um as video on demand because of course uh we were unable to go to the cinema you know i really wish i had a cinema in my home because that would make everything so much easier (laughs) anyway (laughs) i digress it'd be great Uh, to have an imax wouldn't it (laughs) <laughs> wow you're just a casual imax not even a not even a cinema screen you want the full imax dolby atmos i the want lot. the full imax ex- yeah in in my in my home one day that will be something of a possible thing that's oh, it's gonna happen one day i hope it does <laughs> anyway hey hi my friend <laughs> Well, yeah, you've got it, haven't you? Well, this is directed by Adam Wingard, and it's it's as we say, it sees the struggle of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, but something interesting doesn't happen for at least forty five minutes, and that's the these two characters coming together. And what I will say right now, just before anybody, you know is going to listen in intently about what we're going to say. This is a spoiler review because it's the only way we can talk about this film. Do you think that's yeah. right, David? Yeah, look, we, <laughs> we, we, we pride ourselves on this show for trying to do non-spoiler reviews to let you know if it's worth seeing. But really, this this has to be a spoiler review. If you haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong and you want to watch it, go and watch it and then come back to this. But uh, either way, I would I would still say give this review a listen. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah, so um, I think we need to look at some history here in terms of yeah, when Godzilla do. and Kong first met, and it was in a uh, a rather um, a bit a bit of a B movie in the cinema. Um, it was in 1962, King Kong versus Godzilla. So names on <laughs> on the other way around here, uh, Godzilla versus yeah. Kong. Um, however, in this film. Um, I do actually believe that it should be King Kong versus Godzilla because the majority of this film does really tend to follow our uh, our, our our giant ape friend. Um, would you mm. not agree with that? Yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre one actually. I did see something on Twitter 
um, that suggested that if they were doing, you know, feature times, that if they were being campaigned, Kong would definitely be campaigned in lead and Godzilla <laughs> would be, <laughs> would be campaigned in supporting because it is mostly about, um, Kong that that is the he is the protagonist here even though the name suggests it's Godzilla versus Kong it's really Kong versus Godzilla um but we'll get on to that in a minute yeah so we've got I mean what is the premise of this film let's be honest here there, there, there's a there's a large monkey uh aka Kong um <laughs> and he's been confined into the in this like fake um bubble world whilst he's being yeah. studied by by Rebecca Hall um and uh she's you know wondering you know what's going to happen we can't contain him anymore um and then along comes Alexander Skarsgård and and he's like um hi um we need a way to find a way to stop Godzilla from killing everybody and i think Kong's got the answer mm. so let's strap him to a boat yeah and let's take him somewhere where he can sort of lead us to to what we need some yep. kind of energy force some kind of fuel to fuel yeah. some kind of machine um <laughs> that might be able to help us um yeah so so alexander skarsgård somehow becomes this captain even though he's an author of a some kind of book that's a kind of like guessing game book he's not really a scientist here he's like a i mean he's supposed to be isn't he but really what he's what what is he he's a I don't know. He's predicting some things about where the whereabouts of this creature has come from. Yeah, like, he, I from don't know what he is. Um, I've only Middle seen Middle Earth. What was it? Middle Earth? Was it Middle Earth? No, it no, wasn't. it's not it was Middle Earth. Else, it's it? that's um, that's from something else. Um, that's Lord of the Rings. It is Lord of the Rings. It's oh, Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth. That's it. There you go. So he's basically come up with this theory that Hollow Earth exists and yeah. and this rather large multi-billion dollar company called Monarch, I believe it is, mm. has come to him and said, hi, you've got a great theory. You're going to captain this ship. You're going to do this, that and the other. And it's like, hang on a second. Can he fly? Does he have a <laughs> license or any of this sort of thing? This doesn't make much sense. Nonetheless, we go with it. Okay, we follow this giant monkey across the world, mm. um, and then along comes Godzilla. Because of course, when something threatens its territory, yeah. you know he's going to come and say, "Look, hello, I'm I rule this world. I'm the giant yeah. kaiju yeah. here. I'm actually the protector protector of this world." Yeah. So you know, an incident ensues, and and they need to find a way to get this this large monkey to a, a part of the world where we can see what's going on. I'm regurgitating the story here, but I think it it works. Uh, does it? I don't yeah, know I'm enjoying this. I think this is it's it's a, it's going to be a slightly messy review because it's a slightly messy film. Look, I think I think it's a bad film. I'm going to go on record. It's a bad film. I'm going to go on record and say that. Um, I was actually on BBC Three Counties Radio last night, and I roasted this film, um, much to the disappointment. Yeah, but you, didn't, you didn't. You didn't really roast it, though. You just said it's it's bad. It's well, bad. That's that's it's not. What I mean, it. to say a film is outright bad on radio is is quite a ballsy move, and the um, the uh, the radio presenter was not uh, that happy because he was looking forward to it. Look, I did wonder if. I took this film a bit too seriously, but I made a lot of notes on this film because there was a lot of noteworthy stuff. Um, and mm. the first thing I would say is that I expected to hate this film and I expected it to be bad. 
and I was somewhat frustrated that I paid. I'll get the price wrong again, but I think fifteen ninety nine for it. Um, fifteen correct, fi- correct fifteen ninety nine that I'll never get back, and I just want to say it's a waste of money. Um, we will get on to whether it's worth it later, and I actually this this was almost worse than I was expecting. Like it. I expected it to have relatively good action sequences and I'd seen some of the trailer and I'd seen some of the gifs on Twitter. So I, I had an idea of what we were we were in for. But it's mm. it, the actual plot premise is, you summed it up brilliantly, Craig, it's just a bit of a mess when it starts on Skull Island with Kong in this sort of containment centre. And the solution to the problem of the monster problem seems to be just to get another monster out. Um, it's it's like, yeah, you, th- well, you haven't solved the problem, you've just doubled the problem. Um, and, you know, there's this one thing I did make in my notes, there's this podcaster, isn't there, that's got these conspiracy theories. And, you yeah, know, shout yeah. out to podcasters, I, I enjoyed his character. Um, but the the thing that really bugged me about this film is that when these two monsters collide... I know people will say, oh, we want a big show off. We want it to be like a heavyweight boxing match, like Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury kind of thing. But they really <laughs> do smash the living hell out of everything. And I, and I mean, like, whole cities are just levelled. Like, there is total carnage. Um, there's one bit in the middle of the film where Kong is in Middle, not Middle Earth, Hollow Earth, and he fights a giant flying lizard. Um... There's another point in the film where he has some sort of powerful gardening tool, um, some sort of <laughs> some sort of pickaxe, um, and I mean they are literally—I don't want to swear—but they are smashing the s h i t out of of everything. Whole cities are levelled, and 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 there's one moment where Kong like holds his shoulder, and that's it. Like you would think he would sustain more injuries than that, but but wait for it—he does. And then, Craig, I wanted to talk to you about this. We have some sort of Robo Godzilla. Um, some sort of wait, ro- wait, 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 wait. Let's not bring Robo Godzilla into Godzilla into this. Fair. Let's let's talk about the Godzilla fight for a minute. Okay. Here, yeah? Okay. Okay. So so that you know, Godzilla and Kong are smashing the living daylights out of each other. Yeah. And and as you say. Kong has this pickaxe, he has gardening tools, he has, I don't know, various utensils. Um, <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> uh, it is, and, and Godzilla somehow, you know, he has that breathing apparatus that, he, you know, he can fire out with his yep. mouth and dragon-like-esque, you know, paraphernalia. Yeah. And yes, then let's let's bring in, okay, let's 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 bring in... Mega Godzilla, because that's what well, Mecha Godzilla, I think it is what, what they call it. Um, this is a robot built by by Monarch, yeah. That is a basically Godzilla, but in metal robotic form that connects to a man's head, so he can control the kaiju. Um, much like another film that I can't remember the name of, that was directed by Gomero del Toro. I can't remember the name of it. That was great. Um, 
but it's uh you know so it, they they need the energy to power this and yeah. they use kong to, to to find the energy to power this thing but unfortunately the man who was controlling this this mecha godzilla is unfortunately uh zapped because the, because the energy's too much and he dies he's dead he's gone and mecha godzilla somehow has a mind of his own now and there's a big fight that ensues and, and godzilla and kong team up and somehow something happens to God's, uh, to, to Kong, and he somehow—I don't know—is this—is this during this fight or is this? And I can't even tell. There's so many fights that go on, yeah. but he somehow sustains injuries that mean that he can't breathe anymore, or his yeah, heart well, has that- stopped. Well, yes, there is that moment. Please, <laughs> this is one of the most bizarre moments in all of cinema. Bizarre. But please do so tell bizarre. our dear listeners what happens. So. They've, they've, Monarch have developed these these vehicles, as mm. I said, they, these 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 ships that that for somehow Alexander Skarsgård is able to to pilot, even though he's just a theorist and uh, written a book. And um, these ships are like you know they hover, they fly, they're futuristic, they're yeah. pretty cool. They are pretty cool. They 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 arrive on the scene when Kong has somehow sustained these heavy heavy injuries and is no longer able to his heart is no longer able to to beat he needs a defibrillator basically he needs one and this ship somehow converts into a giant defibrillator to restart Kong's heart ah oh, this is bizarre writing this is bizarre storytelling this is this is a bizarre story yeah and there's genuinely I mean is. I mean that's that that isn't the most sort of preposterous moment. There is a moment where Robo Godzilla, I don't know what he's actually called, but that's what I'm going to call him, is fighting Mecha Mega. Well, let's just say the Iron Man of Godzillas. Um, he's made <laughs> of steel. Um, he's fighting real Godzilla, and they can both shoot rays out of their mouth. And there's this one moment where one of them is shooting a red ray, and the other one's shooting a blue ray, and it's like the standoff at the end of Harry Potter. And I was just expecting Lord Voldemort to pop up <laughs> and literally just appear. Um, and there's another moment, again, sorry for all the spoilers, but there's another moment where... The kid defeats the robot by pouring whiskey on the computer. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember this bit. So, the, yeah. So we've got two kids in the story as well. OK, so two um, kids. Millie Bobby Brown is is one of them play, uh, playing Madison Russell and 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 his yeah. her psychic friend is, is, is in, in the story here. And these two somehow managed to break into one of the most, you know, probably heavily guarded um, places in the world um, mm. by simply opening a door. They just walk in, okay? They, they simply walk into this place and yeah. get themselves into a lot of trouble and somehow find themselves navigating to the place that, you know, where the story needs to be and and to somehow defeat this monster, this this robo, robot monster, robot Godzilla, robo Godzilla by pouring whiskey on a control deck, on some kind of control yeah, center and a, thing, f- fundamentally causing what? it to spark out. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. basically what, what they is did this? is is they defeated Robo Godzilla by unplugging him. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fundamentally what happened here. Look, um, there is there is a couple of saving graces with this film. It isn't all terrible. Um, I mean, it's pretty terrible, but there are some moments of humour, little touches of humour. Some of them don't land, but some of them do land. Um, I think both the young girls in it are very good, um, especially the deaf girl, uh, Kaylee Hottle, 
who um, is actually deaf in real life. She comes from a, a, a four generations on her father's side, I believe. Forgive me if I got that wrong, but it's either the father or the mother's side who are deaf. And she signs in the film. And I think she brings good emotion. I think she brings strong body language. I think her character's actually quite well fleshed out. In a film where mm. characters are terribly fleshed out, her character actually is well fleshed out and she has this relationship with Kong. And that was what I wanted to ask you, Craig, like on Twitter, there's hashtag team Godzilla, hashtag team Kong. Like for me, you can only be on Kong's side here, can't you? Surely. Yeah. I mean, I mean the way that they tell the story, it makes you, they humanize Kong. Yeah. To the to the to an extent where you are obviously going to be on the side of Kong. Yeah, Godzilla is just this giant kaiju monster that has previously saved the day and is being antagonized by billionaire monarch. Yeah, um, you know they he, they're the re, they're the bad guys here really, and um, it, you know there is maybe a, some kind of moral thing going on here where it's actually we're the plague on this planet you know godzilla is should be here to roam and do whatever he wants um yeah but at the same time he's actually been here to save people um you know throw two giant monsters who who consider themselves to be number one they're gonna have a little bit of a tiff but actually i think they find common ground respect for each other and uh, somehow move on um and and it's just the humans in this film that are the, the are the bad guys quite clearly and <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, David, this film does just suck, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And like you said, this is, you know, to go with the spoiler theme, this bizarre sort of, you know, well played, sir, let's shake hands and move on kind of ending, which is not really what you want, but I don't know what you want no, from this. No, you film. want them to fight. You want them to fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, but do you, though? Because, the, like,. I just want to reiterate how much damage they do to the cities that they're fighting in. Like they are just leveled. Um, it's, it's a pretty bad movie. Um, it's the kind of film that I think, look, I said in the, uh, in either introducing the film or in the rundown for the show earlier, um, Forgive me, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I've seen articles on Twitter, on, on, on the internet. This is doing really well in the States. Like, this is done... I haven't got the numbers, but it's done really, really well at the box office. And it's the kind of thing that I think would do well at the box office here. And it's the kind of film that if you're going to watch it, watch it on the biggest screen possible. Um, I watched it on my Mac, and I was just thoroughly disappointed by it. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, look. The, the the previous incarnation of the Godzilla film, um, I actually reviewed this with Ranjit, but I don't think we actually put it out um, in the end because I reviewed it on the Cinema Review Show many, many decades ago with Ranjit. <laughs> and um, there were, you know, it's played with problems, but it was good fun mm. on, on a big screen. And it's the same with this, I'm sure. On a big IMAX screen, this is a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. But at the same time, story-wise, it's just bonkers and it's not it's not an a-grade film but they pitching it as a feature giant film this is where you know these films have traditionally been a b-movie yeah and they're trying to make it into an a-class a-film feature main hollywood blockbuster but it's not that it's never been that and it never and 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 it's never transitioned very well into that saying that the the kong skull island was was pretty decent um you know it was a pretty respectable film yeah um and i know you enjoyed that so you know it's it's just balance it's a balancing act isn't it really and 
you know, you've got these two Titan monsters coming together for a jolly good fight. And um, you just don't kind of get that, really. You know, they band together, they save the day and they shake hands and, and walk off like two good sportsmen, really. And um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make much sense. But yeah, you're right. Look, it, it, you know, biggest screen possible. Mm. IMAX, if you can. Yeah. It's doing well in the States because of that. You know, these guys have been in lockdown for long enough. We've been in lockdown long enough. You come out, the cinema is available. What are you going to go and see? Well, the biggest blockbuster film going at the minute probably in the cinema is godzilla versus kong if you're going to spend your money you're going to put it there aren't you um and i think you've made that's a great summary and uh i think we're ready for the questions i think i know the answer i certainly know my answer um i hope you dear listener did enjoy that spoiler review a little bit uh, something a little bit different from us um craig godzilla versus kong um is it worth it This is not worth it if you're renting it on video on demand. Okay. Um, I can't say whether it's worth watching in the cinema um, because I haven't seen it in the cinema. But I suspect this would be a thoroughly entertaining film on an IMAX screen for the visual nature and the spectacular fights that go on. But plot wise and premise here, this film is utterly ridiculous, utterly stupendous in many uh, senses of the word. And really does need a lot of tweaks. Um, I feel like this was the draft and it went into production far too quickly. um, And Warner Brothers wanted to make some sort of quick buck because everybody wants to see Godzilla versus Kong, um, you know, in terms of fighting. And people will pay to see that. People will fight. Uh, pay to see two fight uh two boxers fighting you know what yeah. i mean this is basically what that is um but just you know with some spectacular light scenes going on um yeah no i i mean yes and no is i don't know <laughs> is the ultimate answer <laughs> because no it's not worth watching on a tiny mac screen or your television no. but possibly on a cinematic scale in a, in a cinema mm-hmm. this could be worth it um david godzilla versus kong is it worth it Look, I think this is a pretty terrible movie um, in many, many ways. But I would say this. If you're one of our American listeners and you want to get out and you want to support your cinemas, then maybe Godzilla vs. Kong in the big screen. Look, like Craig says, we've been in lockdown for over a year now. And look... I, I I personally don't think it's worth renting on VOD in the UK. Uh, I think you should save your fifteen ninety nine for another movie. It's pretty terrible, but no, it's it's not worth it. But if you do want to see it, try and see it on the biggest screen possible. Um, but for me, Godzilla vs. Kong was was pretty terrible um, and just bizarre. So on the back of... Uh... Godzilla versus Kong. We're moving on to Chaos Walking. Um, and this is set in the not too distant future. Uh, Todd Hewitt is played by Tom Holland and he discovers a mysterious woman who has suddenly crash landed on his planet it's a dystopian world where all the females um seem to have disappeared and all the men are afflicted by a force that puts their thoughts 
on display. Yes, they really do. Um, vowing to protect her, the duo must navigate dangerous terrain as Todd discovers his inner power and unlocks the planet's dark secrets. Um, this is currently available on video on demand. Um, but before we review this film, um, I believe we have a clip or a trailer. No, we have a clip. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, as you say, we are so rusty. Let's take a little look and listen. Shoveler Hewitt and his dumb dog. Thinks he's a man, but he's never killed a thing. I'm watching your noise. Snake. Cocky little son of a Snake. Snake. Don't let him see that it hurts. I can hear everything you're thinking. What is that? The mayor, the mayor, the mayor, the mayor. Hide your noise. Hide your noise. I'm Todd Hewitt. problem, boys? I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. No problem. Very clever use of your noise, son. Mayor likes me. He thinks I'm a man. I reckon you'll be riding with the Spaggle Patrol before long. Very clever. So one of us probably should come in here. <laughs> uh, we are I'll rusty. I, 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 Craig, please do. I was going to come in, but, you know, ladies first. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, you, you go first. Look, look, I do need to pick that synopsis apart a little bit because in the beginning you put in the new, not too distant future, but I'm pretty sure the era or the year is 2,557. That's pretty far off, I'll, I must admit. It's definitely the, the, the very far distant future. Forgive um, me, the, the I, planet, I, I don't know the exact year. You'd have to sneakily Google It's 2,557. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> okay, so I apologise for my poorly written synopsis. In in the future, in the pretty far in future. In the future, yeah. So they're living on this planet known as New World, um, and it's this community of male-only space guys that seem to be living on this planet. There's mm. no females in sight, and their their thoughts are very much so on display in this very weird way. And as yeah. you heard in that clip, or as you see in the video on YouTube, um, the their thoughts are displayed in this very visual way as well. Um, and this planet, it, it, for some reason allows this to to happen. It's yeah. not really explained. I'm not sure anybody really knows why. Um, but but this film is is essentially based on a a young adult novel, one that was very successful, and and a lot of people were really 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 excited to see it. Um, but what did we get here? I'd actually like you to come in now, David, if you could. So what we got, Craig, was a bit of a mess, if I'm honest. Um, like you said, men's thoughts are exposed in this thing called the noise, and and. And it is distracting and off-putting and a little bit annoying at best. Um, and and it's a, it's a bit like this film. It's it's confused. Um, the film struggles on a number of levels, um, and I would say it's a very average film at best. Um, I try not to look at other reviews before doing my own reviews, um, but I did have a sneak peek, and some critics have really roasted this. And I mean, like you know you know, swords out kind of, you know, gone for the kill. <laughs> um, and the first thing I would say is it's story is somewhat predictable, but also 
a t- tad confusing. Like the whole thing feels really, really rushed. Like they had a budget, but not only did they have a budget, they had like a certain amount of time to film it. And it was almost like they had, you know, and action. And they would take they would take a scene, and it would be like eighty percent how the director would want it. And he'd be like, "Well, we've got to, we've, we've got no time. Let's move on." The whole thing felt really rushed. Um, I genuinely liked yeah. the premise, um, and the film did have some promising moments. But the characters aren't fleshed out enough for me. Like, so you've got to be invested in these characters and. The strange thing is, is that Tom Holland's character, when um, the the female protagonist crash lands onto his planet, and we're not really given much, much of an explanation about why that happened either, or at least I can't remember much of an explanation. Um, this girl that he's never met, that he barely speaks to, he suddenly has this real desire to protect her, and it it, it just didn't work. Um, and in my notes, I I just put a question: Where is it going? LOL. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting, um, watching this film, making a few notes as I normally do, thinking, okay, but but where's this actually going? Because nothing's really happened, if you get what I mean, and nothing actually really does happen. And in my notes, I put kind of liked it, kind of sucked. And that's how I feel like there was promise here. And I think this could have worked really well as a Netflix, sorry, um, as a Netflix or an Amazon or some sort of series. Because, like you said, the source material seemed to be very, very successful. And I feel like there was a lot more to be explored with the characters. Um, It has this bizarre Western feel at times. Then there's this superhero vibe as well. Um, Overall, just a very, very confused film. Um, and one that I sort of enjoyed, but sort of hated at the same time. Yeah, look, look, I think it's confused because it's had a really checkered past. Its history has been, um, uh, you know, it's with multiple directors uh, oh, really? and writers attached to the movie. Um, I think at one point, Charlie Kaufman was actually um, attached to the film. Um, uh, you know, there's been reports of many, many, many reshoots. Um, and apparently rumor has it that the initial shoot or the initial um, um, cut was actually deemed uh, completely um, unreleasable. Um, and then and then a pandemic happened. So essentially what we've got here is a real muddled film, one that actually was everybody knew was going to be muddled. Um, those, especially from the studios, et cetera, and they knew that this wasn't going to be a very good film, but yet they still released it. Um, you know, it's been delayed, it's been delayed, it's been delayed, it's had, as we said, multiple people attached to it. And it's it's a shame because I think you're right. The premise here was very intriguing. Did they do a good job, though, visually showing us, you know, the thoughts of those of the men on this planet? Because seemingly only the men are afflicted by this this thing. It was a very difficult uh, visual thing to show, especially visually and audibly. I I'm unsure whether they had had a good idea of the way to show this and i think it it i think it's a very difficult thing to show on screen yeah 
um, without with that. making yeah. And I think and I think that might be the main problem of the film because it's a very intriguing thing to try and do on screen, and the way that they did show it just didn't work and i think that ruined the entire film because if everybody's thoughts are on display it's just a lot of noise it is a lot and then of you noise expect, you expect a lot more noise really mm. and sometimes you get the noise sometimes you don't get the noise and sometimes you're just completely sitting there thinking what's he thinking should i know what he's thinking i should hear what he's thinking but i don't hear what he's thinking oh i do hear what he's thinking here to age the aid the plot and i i you know you know what it it did suck, didn't it? Another one that just sucked, simply. Uh, uh. I mean, I always try to look for the positives in films. And, I mean, I like Tom Holland. I think he's... Uh... You know, I love Tom Holland. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great actor. And um, we're going to talk about him a lot more later yeah, on. Absolutely. But, but, but... I feel like he was a bit of a mess in this film. I, I feel like he's he really struggled because I'm guessing he had a lot of people saying a lot of different things mm. to him. He's also got to remember that his thoughts are going to be on display here yeah. as well. You know, that's a difficult thing to portray. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. You're thinking whilst you're also talking. And actually, does that happen in real life? Do you think whilst you're talking or do your thoughts just come out of your mouth? And... And, 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 you know, how do you portray that, <laughs> that thought process? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's really bizarre. I mean, in, t- in terms of the performances, you've obviously got um, Tom Holland there. Uh, not his best. We're, we're going to focus on another Tom Holland film next, where I think he flexes his acting muscles a lot better than he does here. I think Craig's right. You, I didn't know about these reshoots and these, re, you know, all the problems that it had in pre-production, but it does feel like that. And the direction that he got doesn't feel right. And the script feels a bit of a mess, but I thought he was better than Daisy Ridley. I thought she was pretty, not terrible, but I just, I got nothing from her character. Like Tom Holland seemed to really care for this woman. And I don't know why, because all she did initially was run away and then she didn't speak. And it was just, it was just a bit meh. Um, yeah. I, I was intrigued by, by David um, Oluwalu. I can't say his surname. Yeah, That's really bad of that. Um, <laughs> uh, he played Aaron, who was this kind of, I don't know what he was, some kind of priest, wasn't he? Um, some sort of religious was, figure. Yeah. And I, I was really intrigued by that character, but we got nothing really from him. Um, Mads Mac, uh, Mickelson, um, who plays the mayor, I thought he was great and yeah. um, could have been a lot more to him. But again, and, uh, you know, just uh, a really strange ending for him. Mm. Um, Nick Jonas was just a bit meh. Um, and uh, Cynthia o- um, Arrivo as well was in this film. What are you doing here? You're a great actress. Like, it, it, it feels like the, what, I just don't understand why people were here in this film. Like, what what made them sign up to it? Was it the money? Was it... Was it an intriguing script to begin with? It can't have been. There's been many rewrites on it. I, I, you know, I I don't understand how this even become a thing, how it even got released. Mm. Well, it's just a mess. It's a total mess. It, it is a mess. And we've, we've actually been quite kind to it, having read some of the things that I've read about it. Um, but I think it's the premise that saves it. The premise is interesting, but the execution is bad. Um, and it and it and it just feels confused. And at no point do you 
really ultimately care what happens to any of the characters and that is i always say i'm i'm big on character development and character based stories and look it doesn't matter what film it is if you don't care about the characters then you're on for a loser and ultimately that's what this film is it's it, it i haven't read the source material the source material is quite praised etc um the film is not and yeah. it's because it's not very good yeah and i think i think we can ask questions here now i i uh i would agree um so i'm going to ask you the question first craig um chaos walking um you know is it worth it no this film is not worth seeing it's available to rent um in various places i i think it's just a total mess um of a film and it it is it, it, you know i if it was in the cinema and you had an unlimited card i even would say avoid it on that as well yeah. um i don't think it's worth seeing in the cinema i don't think it's worth renting um it it's just you know the only thing i really liked in this film was the little dog was there a dog in it yeah i must confess i don't remember there was a little doggy and he was great and i felt oh of course yes sorry it's coming back to me yeah Yeah, the dog was he was cute yeah um he gave a good performance he should be nominated david david chaos walking is it worth it i'm gonna be honest and say no and i tend to agree with craig if if this was in the cinema and i had an unlimited card i'd still be saying avoid it Nothing stands out. The The plot isn't great. The characters are poorly fleshed out. And the execution from everyone involved is pretty weak. And overall, Chaos Walking is not really something you want to invest your time or money in. I would say give it a miss. Yeah. Yep. So we're both on the same page there. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> and we're now going to go to a Patreon ad. What was what? Oh, it's just the way you go, and we're both on the same page, and uh, now it's time for a Patreon ad. We are rusty, I love it. Let's play the Patreon ad. We interrupt this broadcast of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It? merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It? Podcast. So a big, big thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, It's now time for our next review on this uh, episode of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. And we're going to be reviewing Cherry. Um, So what is this film about? Well, our protagonist, once again played by Tom Holland, drifts from college dropout to army medic in Iraq, anchored only by his one true love, Emily, played by Chiara Bravo. But after returning from the war with PTSD, his life begins to spiral out of control. We're actually going to dive straight into this review as we have no clips. And I've got a lot to say about this film, but I'm going to um, throw Craig in the deep end and ask him what his thoughts were and to kick off this review with, well, 
his thoughts. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for throwing me in the deep end there, David. But um, I will come in by starting off the, fi- uh, the, the well, the film, the review by saying, um, "How do you follow Avengers Endgame um, with uh, with with you know a, a billion dollar film?" Okay, the Russo brothers obviously directed the Avengers Endgame, yeah, um, and they follow up with with Cherry and. Mm. Um, I was fairly blown away by this film straight off the bat. I'll say that, um, you know, first of all, casting Tom Holland in this film who, uh, you know, on the back of, of the Avengers films of Avengers, um, not Avengers, but Captain America civil war, where Tom Holland has pretty much had his debut as Spider-Man in there. Um, you see a very different story coming here from a the Russo brothers and b from Tom Holland and for, uh, yeah when I say very different I mean it's very different from Chaos Walking as well we've got a very different yeah. um, story for him to sink his teeth into and it's one that is all over the place purposefully purposefully mm. definitely but one that is. It's very, very, very intriguing in terms of of of, of the story. We have, it, it, I mean, it's very grown up material for Tom, who's who's somebody who's been playing teenagers and young men for for a majority of his career. And this this you see a almost coming of age nature to this story um, of of um, I guess his name's Cherry, isn't it? We don't actually hear his name. His name is Cherry. So. He is the main protagonist. His name is Cherry because we don't hear his name. And we we just try and have to relate to his story throughout the entire course of this film. Where do I go with this? Well, the beginning of this film is nothing short of amazing. It's mm. got everything that you'd want to see in or pretty much an Oscar contender, I'd say. The performance is is great. The 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 visual nature of the film, the the story is impactful, and 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 it's almost like a romantic. Um, I don't know. It's it's it, there's there's this romantic element to it. This absolutely uh, yeah. again, like coming of age essence. Um, but then things do change, and this is where I want to bring you in because there's change here. Tell us, tell us what happens and how it happens, and 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 what you think about, what you thought about these changes that happen within the film. So this is a really bizarre film because you've almost taken the words out of my mouth, Craig. Because actually, I think you're spot on. Like there was not Oscar buzz, but this was a film that you saw its name floating around early in awards season as a potential awards-worthy movie. And the first half of this film, um, it, it feels like that. You're absolutely spot on. It feels like a, sort of an awards season contender. Um, in my notes, I just put, I love this film so far. I love the way it's shot. I love the soundtrack. I love the acting. Like, I I want to make it very, very clear to our listeners that I was incredibly hot on this film. And it's quite a long film, actually. Forgive me, I don't have the running time in front of me, but it is quite a long film. Um, but it's a film of almost... It's definitely a film of two halves, but almost three 
really. Although actually saying that, the film is actually split into prologue, part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, epilogue, um, yeah. which some people There's... may like and some people may not like. Um, There's a lot of parts to this film, isn't there? And they're, they're all very different from each other, but but flow perfectly almost between between them. And there's always a cause to 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 each story. So at the end yeah. of each part, almost it has causation to the next part, and yeah. and it moves in such huge waves. And it's very it's bold, hugely bold moves from from mm. the Russo brothers here. Huge. Sorry, I've interrupted. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very stylized piece, and you, some people might criticize it and say it's more style than substance. But the problem this film has is that I have honestly never seen a film that is so different in its second half to its first half. And I actually we joked about this off air. Two films glued together with some Prit stick, um, and the second PGA. half. It's it's really like we talk about films and we're, we're going to talk about well edited films, actually, when we come on to our next two reviews. Um, so do stay with us for those. But the edit on this is is it's very bitty in the sense that it's obviously broken down into those parts. But the character arcs, the, the change in in our two protagonists from the first half of the film to the second half of the film is just radical. And what happens in the second half of the film is just so different and so extraordinarily chaotic. The second half of this film is utter carnage, by the way, in what happens, both in terms of style and substance and character development. Um, and it's totally a brutal, bit of a it? shame, really. Yeah, it's it's... It's bizarre because it's it's a really well paced film. Um, there's moments of humour, and in my notes, I've got it all starts to go wrong and it starts to unravel. And I was, I can get passionate about some films, and there are lots of highlights for this film, and I will touch upon those briefly. But I was, I wanted to thump my computer and smash it to smithereens, a bit like Kong and and uh, Godzilla I just wanted to smash it up because I was thinking oh no why have you gone you know what is happening to these characters that I really fell in love with in the first half of the film why have they taken such radical turns and I know so our protagonist played by Tom Holland goes to war and he comes back with PTSD but they take some really stereotypical turns and some really like over dramatized turns as well, and it be- it starts to become very over dramatized. I don't know if you got that sense in the second half. There was a lot of overacting and overemphasis, and it became very yeah. over the top. Yeah, no, no, I definitely got that sense. I got that. You know, they were trying to really make a point, and mm. I, I, you know, and they really did drive it home. You know, PTSD um, in the world of of. Um, uh, uh, military men coming home and and and, and military women as well yeah. and they suffer they truly do suffer and yeah. it showed this vulnerability and the 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 pitfalls of the american um uh medical system in a way that they su- supply them with something that becomes an addiction and just how quickly things spiral out of control for these people that simply just need real help and yeah. you know 
they've done this in a way that yes it is stereotypical but actually it is trying to say something and it does get the point across incredibly well um in a very stylized bold way society is not kind to these people who put their lives in danger absolutely um, and 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 um you know the banks etc you know they've they, they they make it very simple for us to understand hidden in plain sight each bank has a different name that showcases <laughs> exactly what uh, you know evilness they're actually playing out here or maybe not evilness but you know detrimental uh, side to society that they are they are they're, they're giving to people um if that makes sense um yeah. and it it just doesn't it, it it's good and it's bad in that sense and it does spiral it is glued together with pva or a prit stick in the uk as you might call it but kids glue essentially it can easily yeah. come apart it's washable it, you know the stain comes off your trousers quite easily uh you know what am i trying to say here it it's it's not forgettable but it is loosely woven together everything has cause to its action and it it's good and it's bad and it's impressive and not impressive in some instances and it's predictable and it's not predictable in some instances and it's Mm. performances i think is the true glue to this film and it is is tom holland and chiara bravo that really do sew the steam seams together without the pva they're they're the they're the they're the true um things that weave the the story together and hold it together as as best as it possibly can because it's their their simple true reflection of of their performances and 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 it's a hugely improved performance from Tom Holland over oh, yeah. uh, chaos walking which was just chaos and chaotic and and not very good and and it's clearly down to the direction here and the and the writing and the script and you can this is where you see you can put one person in two very different films and the result of his acting is very different because what's going on behind the scenes with chaos walking is you know lots of traumatic things i'm I'm guessing directors coming and going writing all over the place and it, it transcends his performance in there it comes through like nobody's business and i think with cherry you get a very very unique brilliant yeah. performance very grown up and very very different and it stops tom holland from being almost typecast in a way you know it stops him from being cast as the young you know strong superhero teenage coming of age man even though he does come of age in here he comes of age and is is now you know you see him become the man and yeah. this sets up performances, perhaps even for, for um, the Uncharted uh, film that's coming up with Tom Holland playing the lead in there. I'm excited to see that. You know, I've played the game. The game is great. And it's a very grown up person playing that role of Nathan Drake, I believe it is. And I'm intrigued to see Tom Holland play that character now. You know, I thought it was yeah. a bit sketchy going from Spider-Man to Uncharted. But actually, I've seen a different side of him and I'm intrigued. I certainly am. Yeah, I think you've hit a lot of nails on the head there. And, and one thing I would say is that the Russo brothers have a clear um, vision for this film and a very clear style. Um, the, the, it has a very cinematic opening, it has a voiceover, some very striking cinematography in that opening prologue. And what I would say about Cherry is if you like the first 10, 15 minutes, you're going to like this film. If you don't like the first 10 or 15 minutes, you're probably not going to like this film. Like the style is consistent, even if the character development is somewhat inconsistent. I mean, they do touch on 
some like like Craig said, you know, men and women who 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 go to war, whether you agree with war and politics, and let's not get into that, but people who come back from war zones with their mental and physical health being impacted. It's terribly sad to see, and particularly in the States, there isn't the support for war heroes and veterans that there needs to be. And the impression I got from this film is the system is very, very happy and very, very quick to prescribe drugs, which is leading to a lot of war veterans and and people who have been to war being addicted to narcotics. And this film doesn't shy away from that. I just think the way it handles the subject of addiction is a little bit stereotypical. And also, I don't want to say too quick, but they descend into addiction really, really fast. Um, mm. Now, that is possible I have experience in the world of addiction and you can hit rock bottom quick and you can spiral into that world of addiction fast, but they, it almost feels like a bit sped up. Um, And I'd like that. I I think that was the idea though. I think the passage of time in this film, it it might not have been very clear for everybody. Maybe, I mean, maybe you didn't get that passage of time, but I, I certainly felt that, you know, once it started, the descent into that addiction, you know, happened over a number of months or maybe even years. And it yeah. did seem to pass people by in in the sense that as an audience, we didn't quite get that passage of time. But I, I quite I, I kind of did pick it up on it, but maybe it's very difficult to pick up on that. I mean, what I did note actually was that when it said part one, part two, part three, epilogue, prologue, it did give you the years. And there was, there was, you know, looking at my notes, there was quite a big period of time that passed. So perhaps, you know, they, it just seemed very, very quick. And it just, the characters were so well fleshed out in the first half of the film. I just wish they'd been as well fleshed out in the second half. Um, Mm. Because don't I want to make it very, very clear. I really, really liked the first half of this film. And one thing I did want to give a shout out for was the soundtrack. Um, I thought the soundtrack, it's one of my favourite soundtracks of the year. Um, I thought the soundtrack in this film was brilliant. Um, and if you've got Apple Music or Spotify, check out the song The Come Down by Henry Jackman. I think it's it's about a nine minute piece. It's absolutely exquisite. And the, that piece of music takes you on a journey of highs and lows. It's a mm. gorgeous piece of uh, music. It's called The Come Down by Henry Jackman. Give it a listen. I thought the soundtrack was really brilliant in this film. Amazing. Um, do you have anything else to add to this review? Not not really, other than I'm somewhat frustrated because I genuinely agree with you. The first half of this film was, um, and a lot of critics, and I haven't looked at the Rotten Tomato scores, Craig will be pleased to know, but it hasn't been brilliantly received amongst critics. But I would say the first half of this film was awards-worthy kind of level, and then it does spiral out of control a bit. But I'm ready for the question if you are. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely ready to give it. Um, so, Cherry, David, is it worth it? Look, I think for the performances, um, I think the acting's great. Uh, I think the cinematography's really lovely. The screenplay, very, very solid, is the way I would describe it, although it does fall 
off the wagon, sorry, excuse the pun, in the second half of the film. Um, the production values are very, very good. The war stuff especially I thought was very well shot. Some lovely drone shots there. But it does feel like two films that has been glued together by a five-year-old um, and that frustrates me because the first half of this film I thought was brilliant. The second half I thought was not as good. But overall, for me, for the performances, for the cinematography, for those production values, for me, Cherry, um, it's on Apple TV. Um, if you've got Apple TV, I would check it out. I think it's worth it. Um, Craig, for you, Cherry, is it worth it? Yeah, Cherry is definitely worth uh, watching. Um, it. It is, uh, <laughs> it is, I think I basically, David, you've summed that up perfectly and I don't really need to say much more other than that. I think it's totally worth watching. It's available, as you say, on Apple TV plus and, um, definitely check it out if you've if you've got that i mean again you can you can sign up to apple tv plus and get a free trial for it it's probably worth doing that just to watch this movie and a few others that are on there at the minute as well the content isn't there's not huge amount of content on there but when they do get content it's they're they're really worth watching um yeah I don't think we've seen anything really bad on on no. Apple TV and said that. Um, so, yeah, the cherry definitely worth watching on there. Yeah. Did you want to say something there? Sorry. Well, I was just going to say you've got Greyhound with Tom Hanks. You've got On the Rocks with Bill Murray. You've got that brilliant film with Justin Timberlake that I can't remember off the top of my head. Plus this. Palmer. That's four Palmer. That's it. That's four films that are all worth it on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. Give Cherry a go and give some of those other ones a go as well while you're at it. Excellent. (laughs) So our next review on uh, week 55 is The Father. Uh, And it sees an elderly man played by Anthony Hopkins refuse all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind and even the fabric of his own reality. Now, before we dive into this review, let's take a little listen to a clip that we haven't actually got, have we? I don't think so. No, let me do that again. (laughs) God damn it, that was really well done as well. Uh, Shall we just dive straight into the review? As we dive into this review straight away, it is a wonderful, bizarre performance in in some ways um, from Anthony Hopkins. And it's such a layered performance and, and one that actually he was awarded something, wasn't he, David? He was, yes. Yeah. So he he did spring what you would describe, or I would describe as somewhat of a surprise. He did win the BAFTA for Best Actor, beating Chadwick Boseman and a number of other uh, fantastic performances there. Um, like I said in the start of the show, um, Boseman, I'm going to say Boseman will win the Oscar. Um, but if anyone, if anyone is going to beat Boseman, um, it would be Hopkins. And I suppose the the place to start with the father um, is with Anthony Hopkins's performance. Like, I want to make it very, very clear. This is an Oscar-worthy performance for me in pretty much any year. 
Um, I think you could look back over recent years with the likes of Joaquin Phoenix winning, Rami Malek, um, Gary Oldman. Is it an Oscar-winning performance in any of those years? I don't know. That's personal opinion. But it's certainly an Oscar-nominated performance in pretty much any year. Um, I've got lots of thoughts on the film, but in terms of Anthony Hopkins' performance, I found this film really, really challenging. Like, I suppose if I was to open up one of my biggest fears, and you know this actually, knowing me, is is the fear of losing my mind or losing my... my um, sense or 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 understanding of reality and as as a man who lives with a mental health condition who has had some very bad uh, mental health turns when you start to lose your understanding or grip on reality it's incredibly scary and traumatic so to see this 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 elderly man fundamentally begin to lose his mind is a very very challenging watch and there's a number of things that are great about this film. Um, the soundtrack is very, very effective. Um, the production values are brilliant. Um, the script is superb, and I will touch upon the Oscar nominations. But it's held together by a truly brilliant performance from Anthony Hopkins. You know, this man takes you on a roller coaster of emotions, and so much so that you've got. Um, Olivia Coleman in here as well, who's who's brilliant. But I almost feel like she's not pushed to one side. I think that's unfair on her performance. But Anthony Hopkins really, really stands out. Um, and before I touch upon some of the other stuff uh, I wanted to say about this film, did you want to touch upon anything about Anthony Hopkins' performance there? Um, was there any particular scenes that stood out without spoiling it? Or do you just think that overall it was just a great performance? Yeah, we we do need to state here, and I think it's very obvious to those that are going to watch the film that that Anthony Hopkins' character is suffering with dementia. Yeah. And sorry, it, I didn't he, say that. Yeah, no, it's all right, and I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's it's in the trailer. I think it's very obvious. Yeah. Um, and as he is losing his grip on on reality in some yes. ways, the the performance is, you know very challenging to try and get across like what you're feeling and i think um the director here florian zeller i believe is his name um has um he's basically this is his play isn't it and he's transformed his own play into the film so he's directed this film and he he always had anthony hopkins in mind to play this character and it's it's the person that I would have had in mind myself if I had tried to direct this film myself. Mm. He's he he lends himself to this sort of thing, and you know this is the second year. It, well, in the last two years, he's been nominated, hasn't he, for his performance? He was nominated for his work in the in the um, the two popes as well. Yeah, 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 and and these are very <laughs> from from playing someone so. Um, you know, well known as as a yeah. pope, to to playing just an, an ordinary old man who mm. is afflicted by something in the brain. You know, how do you visually show that? And I think this is where we move on a little bit here. Is is yes. is, is it's in the editing? It you know the story is you it, you get put in his shoes because you don't understand 
what's going on either. And it's the story is disjointed. It's 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 you're you're very much so in his world. Yes. As it unravels and and the walls are simply falling down around him and faces are changing all the time and you just don't quite understand what's going on but things do make sense as you go through the story and and I think I think the editing in here is key now it is nominated for um uh, film editing at the Oscars isn't it it is indeed yeah six nominations including best film editing yeah so this is one thing that we have briefly discussed earlier today via text message. Yes. Um, and that is the next film that we're actually going to review is The Sound of Metal. Yeah. And both of these films are in the same category there for for best film editing or film editing. Yeah. Now, you are very keen to see or, or, or believe that The Sound of Metal will win that. Yes, that I category. do think that will win, yeah. And 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 you're basing that on the precursors of the other awards that have been awarded to it. But yes. from my critical point of view, and we will delve into the sound of metal, obviously next a bit, yeah. a, a lot more. Um, but, the, but the way that this story is told, the father is told, is through a visual edit. Very much so. It's the way that the story unfolds and the way that it is it, edited to put your yourself in Anthony Hopkins shoes. That can't be done any other way. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think it's superbly done, but when we compare it to the sound of metal, it's a very different edit and it's not, it's not editing in the visual sense. It's editing in the audible sense yeah. because we will, as we, as I say, we will delve into that a lot more. So I don't see how these two films can be competing for best edit. In, in the sense that I don't think The Sound of Metal should take it sh and should be in the optimum word there because it, it, it should be going to the father. But if all indications indicate that it's going to be The Sound of Metal, I ask you, why? Well, I think I'll have to answer that question in The Sound of Metal review. Um, I mean, all I'm saying is Craig said to me earlier, it's, it's really interesting if, if you've not listened to our podcast before, I'm really into the precursors and the gambling angle of the award season. Craig couldn't give a monkeys about the betting. Um, he, he, he doesn't care. And that's, that's fair enough. We're two very, very different people. The sound of metal is the bookmaker's favorite. The father's actually 18 to one. It's a real, it's actually fourth favorite. So, According to the bookmakers and the precursors, the father is very, very unlikely to win editing. But I've got to agree with Craig. I think the edit in this film is, I'm going to say Oscar worthy. It's been nominated, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed. In fact, I would think it was very much deserved if the father was to take best film editing. Just to give you an idea of that category, the five nominees in the film editing category are Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Nomadland, The Father and Promising Young Woman. And an interesting fact about editing, Craig, is the editing category is actually one of the most important on the undercard for best picture. So normally, if you win Best Editing, because the edit is such an important part of the overall cinematic process, that's really going to enhance your chances of Best Picture. So 
What I would say is if the trial of the Chicago 7 was to win editing, that would really enhance its chances of winning Best Picture. Having said that, The Sound of Metal isn't going to win Best Picture, but it's it's the favourite. Um, but it's fascinating that you think The Father should win, looking at the price, because the bookmakers would suggest that it's got no chance. Um, but look, that category isn't locked up. It's certainly not a slam dunk. Um, I thought the edit on this film was flawless. I will put it that way. Um, I, I thought the edit was, was, um, tremendous. And another thing that I thought was, was brilliant and it was nominated for was production design. I thought the production values on the on the piece were brilliant visually the way it looked and also it's nominated for best adapted screenplay craig what did you make of the screenplay because again i thought obviously it's adapted from a play and actually we watched um i couldn't tell craig will tell you we watched like a um a, a, it's a virtual it a, screening a, a, there you go see craig's the technical one a virtual screening of this and we actually <laughs> heard from the director before and i did make a note of what he said he said our aim was not to film a play but make something cinematic and they really did manage even though it was literally just in that one flat they did manage to make something cinematic and i think that's testament to the adaptation of the source material and that's why this gets a best adapted screenplay nomination at the oscars i thought the um i thought the screenplay was brilliant craig yeah i mean out of everything that we've watched that have been adapted from a play into into a cinematic movie i think this is the one that actually successfully does it without you realizing that this was once a play i think mm. it does that in such a way that it's it's its use of the its editing skills it's its use of set design and changes and it's its use of just the, the the wonderful acting from that one person. Now we have to talk about Olivia Coleman as well because I think she gives a really solid performance in the film, and yeah. I think she really does um, enhance Anthony Hopkins's performance in, within yeah. the film as well. There's a, there's a lot of things that happen in this film that really pull at the heartstrings. That really, mm. I don't know. It just it uh, you know it really makes you want to. Give yourself the best chances in life to to not end up in a similar position, and you you kind of it, you know you 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 can try as best as you can to 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 not be somebody who who ends up uh, you know someone with, with with dementia like you know what you know you, when you watch this film you really feel like you are somebody who 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 is is suffering um, in the same way as Anthony Hopkins is. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And, yeah. It is. It's heartbreaking, and and you like I I went walked away from that film thinking, my God, what can I do to stop myself? Anything like that happening to myself? Like, uh, like it it tore me apart. It made me wonder how others are feeling like around you. Like, you know, you got a sense that this person was able to communicate with others, but they couldn't really tell what was going on and 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 mm. how those others were affected by his shenanigans in a way um yeah. but i i don't know it it is really tricky isn't it in in the sense that like how it affects you and i think this film really affected me quite a lot and 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 for that reason it's hit home so much that i like i i i 
really really liked it and i i i don't know it's <laughs> it, it's got my tongue tied because of just how wonderfully beautiful and heartbreaking and brutal the film is mm. essentially yeah you you're absolutely spot on i think like i said earlier in the show one of my main it is a genuine fear i have of 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 losing my touch on reality or getting a terrible thing like alzheimer's or seeing a loved one um you know get alzheimer's and 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 lose touch on reality and lose their mind and in yeah. many ways lose who they are and i would you know anyone who's been through that you know my condolences are with you because it must be terrible to see a loved one go through that but yeah. um so that it really hit me hard because um i had an amazing um relationship as you know with my grandpa um mm. he passed away 3 years ago in his 90s um and he lived a tremendous life full of health right until the very end and i just in many ways i'm i'm not grateful he passed but the way he passed was very sudden and he went out in good form do you know what i mean and to see someone you love go through that slow process of of alzheimer's must be tough and I'm sorry to waffle on, but it, 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 this film did impact me. Um, and it's nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture. I mean, it's not going to win Best Picture. It wouldn't win Best Picture in any year um, because it's just not... It's a Best Picture kind of nominee, but it's 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 not a Best Picture winner. It's too, it's too heavy. It's too hard-hitting. It's too um, actor-orientated and screenplay heavy i think overall for a best picture win um probably a worthy nominee in most years um it was horror-esque at times as well i don't know if you got that like some of the revelations um like when he realizes or people realize what's going on and he's losing his his touch on reality there's some like revelations and it has this very creepy and intrusive soundtrack um, the soundtrack is by, I'm going to say his name wrong. Is it Ludovici and Audi? Um, That's yes, I believe. On much. Yeah. Um, oh, thank. Well, well, there we go. We learned something new every day. I believe he he was in. He was the um, the gentleman behind the music in this film. Um, the cinematography was by Ben Smithard. I thought the cinematography was gorgeous. It doesn't get a cinematography nomination, but I thought the way it was shot, very good use of camera angles. Um, production design was by Peter Francis, again, brilliant. And the film editing was by Yorgos Lamprino. Um, and the, the editing in this film is masterful. And if it was to win the Oscar, which looks unlikely on betting odds and on the precursors, I wouldn't be disappointed because the edit on this is, is brilliant. And the way they managed to take what is fundamentally a play and turn it into something cinematic is is t- is is testament to everyone involved 100 percent um what we must say of course we did already say it actually but we watched this as a virtual screener um that was a one-off uh anyone could have watched that um and uh but in the uk this is getting a release on the 11th of june um i believe that's in the cinema it will also more than likely be available to rent on streaming services such as amazon yeah. prime and etc um and it's lionsgate that is handling the uk release it is a sony picture classic as well um which is probably where 
most people will get it distributed in the US and other countries as well. But um, it's Lionsgate in the UK. We're not 100% sure when this is officially going to come out for everyone else to watch. But the reason we're bringing you this review today is because the Oscars is fastly approaching. And, and uh, yes. we, I, I think it's an important one for us to have reviewed on this week's episode. Um, yeah, I mean... It also had its world premiere at Sundance Festival in January. So in January, I think in 2020. So it was quite a while ago that it came out. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it's I, I, there's a lot of stuff floating about on the internet about the film. Um. So if you are intrigued enough to want to go and watch it based on what we say, I mean, if it gets a lot of num, um, a lot of if it wins anything at the Oscars, I think you'll be certainly intrigued to go and see it. And if you haven't been intrigued by what we're saying, then I don't know who you are or when. <laughs> Basically, David, the father, is it worth it? Look, the father is 100% worth it. I was um, uh, asked on BBC Three Counties Radio to recommend one film and I recommended the father. And look trigger warning this is a heavy hard-hitting difficult watch it's tremendous it's beyond tremendously sad it's you know it deeply impacted me and i really upset me um but that's what good cinema does and if you want to see brilliant production design if you want to see brilliant um uh, a brilliant adapted screenplay if you want to see two brilliant performances and if you want to see one of the best edited films of the year no doubt watch the father um wherever you can get hold of it once you can get to the cinema if it's out go and see it the father 100 percent worth it craig for you the father is it worth it Yes, it's definitely worth watching when you are able to go and see it whenever you're if it's available for you to rent. I think this is a really great one to watch at home, actually. Um, It it benefits um, from a small screen, I think, just as much as it would benefit from a cinema screen. Um, You've got the horror element to the film that I think would be great on a cinema screen. But also, I think the the environment that it's this this one flat that is ever changing, um, I think, lends itself to the small screen equally. So. In that sense, I think it's worth watching no matter what screen you're watching it on. Um, just go and <laughs> check it out because it will it will affect you in some ways. And I, there is that trigger yeah. warning, I think, of it. its storyline. that It may f- affect those that have experienced um, a loved one going through the traumatic experience of losing their, their mental facilities in, in, in some ways or faculties, shall I say. Um, and, it, you know, it... <sighs> It it does a very good job of of doing it. Um, I think it's it, it lends itself sentimentally to this to to the aspect of of somebody who's going through this, but it really does put you in in their shoes and um, yeah, and I think it puts you yourself in in a loved one's shoe as well in in, in Olivia Coleman. Um, so you know, for that reason, if you've experienced this, you may not want to watch it. Yeah. But it's it's definitely worth a watch. It really is. It really, really is. So that was our review of The Father. (laughs) 
So our final review on what I believe is week 55, but uh, it's been a long one. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I'm, I'm losing my, uh, uh, my ability to think. Um, it's look, it's another very interesting film. It's another best picture nominated film and it is sound of metal. Um, What's this one about? Well, a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into freefall when he begins to rapidly and permanently lose his hearing. As a recovering addict, this is one of the many challenges he faces. But will this one be enough to tip him over the edge? Um, I'm going to make myself look foolish here and say I'm not sure if we have a clip for this one, Craig, do we? We do. And here it is. (laughs) So that was a clip from the sound or sound of metal. Um, And I I get, I, you know, you guys that are listening to it or you've watched part of that clip there, it's a really difficult one to, to show as a clip in some instances because of the way that this film is edited in terms of sound. Um, It, it's a really intriguing one because Again, like the father, you're put in the shoes of somebody who has something going wrong with them that only they are experiencing. And as uh, you said in your um, synopsis there, our main protagonist is losing his hearing and we, we, we hear what's going on in his head. And that's something that you wouldn't normally experience. But as, a, as an audience member, as a viewer, you're getting the sense of what he's going through. And it is absolutely traumatic. It's mm. putting your putting you. You really are thrusted into the 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 life of this drummer this guy who who lives and loves every moment of 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 the music that he's playing and, and Riz Ahmed plays Ruben who is the, who is the drummer in this punk band um with his girlfriend who's Lou called Lou um played by Olivia Cook and you know you've got this very he's a very loose cannon in some ways because you know that he's he's been living with an addiction or he's lived with an addiction um he's in in would you say a remission i suppose um he's in recovery yeah recovery that's the right word um and you you're you're at tenterhooks because this thing that he's going through is it going to cause him to relapse you're you're constantly you know trying to, to to fight a battle just like mm. the father you're 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 in the same predicament almost because you feel so much for this character because at this because of the way that it's edited 
Sound-wise, you are there with him every step of the way. And and it's the same with the father. You're the, there every step of the way, but because of the visual nature of what we're seeing, and I'm really emphasising this because because of that award that they've both been nominated for and because of the way that that you're saying that it's going to win the best edit. And I, I think the edit on this is pretty standard in terms of the visual nature of that edit. It's the sound that sets it apart. It's the sound that is is encouraging and moving yeah. forward the plot and puts you in the position of being that audience member that is in his shoes, living every moment of this deafness that's a, that's, that's that's coming to him. Every moment as he's in this film, there's his, his hearing gets worse and worse you're there listening to it hearing well nothing essentially you're getting nothing and it's expertly done and expertly executed in in that sense and you know did did you do you get that same vibe are you that passionate about it or not or or do you feel that that, that, the the precursors here have said it all and it's just going to go on and do that or what what is your personal preference here or personal feelings towards What's going on here between the father and the sound of metal? I mean, you, you, I can touch upon this question now. If having watched Sound of Metal um, and seen the precursors that it's won, it won editing at the BAFTAs. Um, it's won some other major precursors in the editing category as well, um, leading up to the BAFTA. Um, the edit in Sound of Metal, the, I thought about this. It doesn't jump out at you as a, like an incredible edit, as the father does. But the edit in Sound of Metal is brilliant because it it flows so well. It the the edit is almost it's almost a good edit is an edit you don't notice. I would say, and it's very difficult to notice the edit in this. Um, what I would say is. Um, the sound, the 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 values of the sound values in this film are extraordinary. Those of you who listen to Road to the Oscars will know there used to be two sound categories at the Academy Awards. You used to have sound mixing and sound editing. Now they've just made made one category, which is simply called best sound. Um, sound of Metal will win sound at the Academy Awards. If it doesn't, I will not only eat one hat, I will eat many, <laughs> many hats. Um, like that, for me, forget um, Chadwick Boseman, forget Kaluuya, forget Zhao in director. For me, Sound of Metal winning sound is one of the biggest slam dunks of the night. I can't see how it can be beaten because I was thinking about this, Craig. I've got a reasonable quality sound bar in my flat i think it cost me about 150 quid it's a samsung it's probably mid-range low lower mid-range i don't know but it's not anything incredible but oh my goodness the sound in this film was absolutely incredible like this the sound the journey this film took you on like the, the the film starts with this harsh crisp ear-bursting drumming and singing this crazy metal song and this mad drum solo Mm. at the start and it's one of the maddest most like intrusive starts to any film i've seen this year like it it knocks you right back and it almost like invades your living room this start you know you know what it's comparable to two films okay it's comparable to, to to um oh god why has it gone out of my head 
it's comparable to pieces of a woman in that extravagant opening yeah. uh, to a, to a film. It, you know that that is elongated over thirty minutes of just extravagance in terms of just hard hittingness. This is just so intrusive with its just powerful opening in terms yeah. of sound <laughs> and and visual nature. But it's also yeah. comparable to, to A Star is Born in the sense that it opens in a very similar way in, in, in the music yeah. and, and the bright yeah. lights and, and, and the performance that's going on, a literally a, lit, a literal performance. And, and I, I thought this combined the two of those films together in the sense that it's hard hitting, it grabs you and thrusts you right in the action. But it's also musical and it's also, you know, showing someone's passion for what they're doing. Yeah. And, yeah and it you know it that that was what was really hard hitting in that sense at the very beginning and draws you straight into the film it's it's interesting to hear that we have this two categories merged into one now what were the two categories that were previously at the oscars is it is it sound mixing and sound editing that were now thrust together that's correct into... yeah that's that's okay. Yeah, so it, it was always the in-joke was nobody actually could really explain the difference between the two, but there used to be two, and now it's just sound. So so for, if I can try and explain what the, those two things are, sound mixing and sound editing then. So sound editing is when the edit of the sound is put into the film, when mm. it comes in, how it's moved about in the film, the cues that the sound bring. Um combined with the visual element of the film sound mixing is how loud or how where the placement almost of that audio is put into that person's ear so if it's a surround sound nature of the film it's mixed um into 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 the the soundtrack the overall soundtrack of of the of the film or of the audio nature of it yeah you know, there's lots of different elements and layers to to mixing. You have certain music or instruments that you need to mix together. So when I'm making the podcast, for instance, I I do a bit of sound mixing. I I add effects to certain things. I I comp do add some EQ, some compression, and that's what sound mixing is all about. The sound yeah. editing, I would have expected, would be part of the editing with the actual movie where it's placed in the timeline on the yeah. non-linear editing place and those two things are are very separate i would say to combine mm. them both together it's two different factions of people i think that come together to to to, to yeah, finalize it's, it's, the film. It's, it's controversial um it's ludicrous if, I'd if, say. if you're if you're if you're a sound designer you can imagine that you're somewhat insulted that the two categories of mixing and editing and and just sound is what it's called it's just it's just sound like what does that even mean <laughs> you know it's but there's, there's it's so a slam many, dunk the sound was incredible so many, in this film yeah there's so many elements to it though david that like you're you're taking sound and and just combining it into one when you know you've got best film and then you have subcategories that go with the visual nature of the film with 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 um editing with um, uh, cinematography you have all of the subdivisions now you have guys on the ground that yeah. are capturing the audio here um, you have guys that are then mixing it in the studio you have guys that are then editing it and putting it with the visual elements of the film um, yeah. you know there's so much that goes on the foley sound the 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 you know the, the overdubbing and all of that stuff that goes on 
Um, it's it's ludicrous to combine that all into one thing, and there, sh- there should be multiple different things. I'm guessing there are separate award um, bodies that that go on to do a sound awards. I'm guessing that could be a well. There's, you've got different branches. You've got the Screen Actors Guild. You've got the Producers Guild. The Writers Guild. I'm sure there'll be a sound guild or equivalent. Um, my Oscars knowledge doesn't quite dive as far into the undercard as maybe I would hope, but it, it's certainly been controversial, as you can imagine, um, taking mm. those two categories and mixing it into one. But I I think the sound is better in this film than A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born is one of my favourite films since doing the podcast. But the way this film takes you on a journey with the sound... And like I said, that that start, that opening scene is is I would describe it as intrusive. It's like Riz Ahmed mm. comes out of the screen and hits you around the head with his drumsticks and says, "Oi, watch this film, slap!" You know, it's like, okay, wow, I, I've got to take notice of this. And then Sound of Metal pops up, and then it goes quiet, and you're taken on this roller coaster of a journey. Um, and I could relate a lot to Ruben's character to to Riz Ahmed, uh, who gives a great performance here, by the way. Um, and it's worth noting that um, Riz Ahmed is nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role. Um, and it's a worthy Oscar nomination. I think he gives a, a brilliant performance. But I could really relate to his character in the sense that he's four years clean. Um, I'm three, coming up to three and a half years sober. And when you're in or on a journey of recovery, the smallest things, Craig, can tip you over the edge. Tiny little things that you wouldn't even think can push you towards using a drink, using a drug or having a drink, excuse me. And we see a character here lose his hearing. And that, for someone in recovery, particularly a recovering heroin addict in this case, like that's huge. And the way Riz Ahmed... You know, we often talk about good acting performances, you know, vocally, he's he's brilliant, but it's his use of body language. It's the looks in his eyes. It's the facial expressions. He takes you on a journey um, and you're so invested in these characters. Like I'm invested in his character. I care about his character. Um, and without giving too many spoilers away, when certain decisions are made about what he's going to do and where he's going to go, like I'm with that character. I thought the character development, as well as the editing and the sound, was tremendous in this film. Yeah, I mean, the way that, <laughs> you know, you you can't not talk about the sound that goes hand in hand with this movie. And it, it is... Yeah. It is one thing that moves the story all the way along. And I think we have to say, you know, Nicholas Becker, who who is the sound designer on the film as a Foley artist on, on other films, um, he's he's evoked many things of of being within Rubin's head and creating yeah. this 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 amazing landscape of audio um of these different sounds that you know i mean you you must have had um tinnitus or tinnitus i can't remember how to pronounce it but very occasionally i get this 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 screeching sound in my ear that that you know that makes me feel like i'm going deaf or something i don't know if you've ever had that if you've ever been in a rock concert or or somewhere where it's just been far too loud and you come out and your ears are just ringing like nobody's business you know 
this is what this film does. It puts you there without hurting you, but it puts you there. Yeah. It shows you like what you're going through. And I think the gravity of, of, of what happens in the, in the very end, the final shot of the visual nature of that shot yeah. and, and the audio nature as well is just takes you to just a whole new place in terms of being moved into Ruben, like like the journey of Ruben, you're you're there with him, and you're sitting mm. next to him, and you're you're wanting to just carry on his journey and see where he goes, and it it was just masterful, like it really was, and I see why it's nominated for a best picture, I see why it's nominated for sound, I see why Riz Ahmed is nominated, I I see it all, apart from that editing one, <laughs> genuinely, I I I. Can't, I can't understand it to be honest with you because is it like they've taken note of the audio and the, and the visual combined and like nominated it in there as well? I I I want to know what the reasoning is that it's been it's been put there compared yeah, to the father and 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 those other ones that are nominated in that category. This this is this is the one that eludes me in that sense. Like I get it and I don't get it and and like i what i need explain i need someone to explain it to me i need the academy to come online and tell me why what <laughs> the what's whole the academy decision here yeah I, um, I i want someone to explain it to me to so i can get an understanding as to why this could be winning editing well i tell you what before our next episode i will do a bit of research um i do know our good friends mike mike and oscar will break down every single category and do like a preview show where they focus on, on, on each category. They've already done actress supporting actress. They'll probably do editing as well as sound. So I will try and get back to you on that. Um, because yeah, it is the favorite. Like I said, it's the bookmaker's favorite to win that. That doesn't mean it's one Craig. Let's make that clear. Um, you know, there's plenty of other films that have got a good chance, but it is the bookmaker's Mm. favorite. I just wanted to briefly touch upon that ending. Um, I thought the ending was there are certain films and certain parts of certain films that are just made to be studied. And if I wanted to write an essay about an ending of a film, this would be a brilliant film to write an essay about the ending because it's Mm. so meta. There's so many layers to it. There's so much, there's so many undertones. It says so much like it's it's quite an in your face ending but it's also beautifully subtle at the same time which is i know really you might think that's a really weird thing to say but it is in many ways um yeah. and yeah this this was just a uh, a real roller coaster of a film and the testament to how much of a roller coaster this was i didn't obviously watch this in the cinema i watched this at home there was a number of moments in this film craig where i actually paused it because i was so nervous about what was going to happen to the character like i actually had to pause it and sort of take a moment to think okay where do i think this is going to go and i think that's testament to how good this film is and what a journey it takes you on yeah no i I, you know what i i i agree (laughs) <laughs> that that hit you there i don't agree that you paused it though that you should have paused it because like it, i knew you like, would because, say that yeah no i i i strongly disagree with that because like you need to be experience it the way that the director intended in the here. flow like, yeah it doesn't, 
in the flow that like you're taking yourself out of it to give you time to reflect on what you're seeing. And I don't think that's the intention that like you need to like, let it hit you, let it wash over you and, and keep going and keep going with it. And that's how I experienced it. And that, mm. you know, and that's how it felt like it, you really Intense, get the it? full intense emotion from it and it's like we couldn't turn the father off but i know it was a virtual screening and it was on yeah a computer but you couldn't pause it like if you paused no. it you skipped a miss you miss stuff and and i really like that way of watching movies especially as a community like you everyone's watching it exactly the same time and everybody is is seeing the same thing as you at exactly the same time and um you know that that was nice, and uh, yeah, I, I I disapprove of your pausing of of, of the film. I, I do. Do you know? I knew you would disapprove, but what I'm trying to say is the film put me on edge so much that I, I know felt I, that I, I do understand that. I yeah. do understand that. But I it's, it's to be honest, it's bad from me. Like you can't pause. Imagine if you could pause in a cinema. Everyone else like, oh come on, mate. Oh sorry, no, I've just got to pop to the toilet. Just pop that on pause. <laughs> um, but no. This this was emotional, and I do have. Um, I mentioned my grandpa in the in the last review. My grandpa um, was deaf for many many years of his life. We think he lost his hearing because he was in the RAF in World War Two, um, and we think that was one of the reasons why he he was exposed to loud noises and may have caused him to to lose his hearing. So I had a very beautiful relationship with my grandpa but by the end of his life he couldn't hear at all so the bits where his girlfriend is writing stuff down I really relate to that my grandpa never learned much sign language he was a lip reader so it was very important to speak clearly um so he could read your lips um and yeah just a lot of a lot of memories there with my grandpa and I just thought this was a brilliant film. I thought Riz Ahmed was great, but I think we've already said that. And we haven't mentioned um, best performance by an actor in a supporting role for Paul Ratchie. Mm. Um, his character, um, forgive me, I can't remember his name. I think it was Joe, um, who runs this sort of rehab centre for deaf people with addictions. His character was, having been in a rehab environment by myself, his character was nailed on. Like people like this, these really old, experienced, wise, weathered recovery champions. Like I, his character was so well fleshed out. Like I could really relate to his character. I really liked his character. Yeah, you know, he was really, really good. Um, and I see why he's nominated and I, I see that he may possibly win here probably not though because Impossible. you know what yeah daniel kaluga <laughs> yeah kaluga's winning that that's that's nailed on um you yeah. know start the car start the pedal put a fork in it it's done um be interesting but a very pardon be interesting if he didn't it would be well he's won everything he's at the moment of yeah he swept at the moment there's not been any major precursor that kaluga hasn't won so to to suggest Kaluuya isn't going to win, you're just being a troll. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. there, well, you are. There's no logical explanation for anything other than a Kaluuya win. But Paul Racy or Ratchi, I admitted it. Uh, how much money have you got on on Daniel winning then? I haven't got any money on him. He, he's he, the price is too short in the sense that you have to put like you have to put to put it into perspective. You have to put two hundred pounds on Daniel Kaluuya to win ten pounds to get 210 pounds back. Okay. 
So it's just not worth it. You're risking 200 quid to win a tenner. Like, it's it will be the easiest £10 you've ever made, but it's just not worth the risk. I don't bet at that kind of price. Um, if, right. I, if I could have got on him earlier, um, yeah, it, it would have been a great bet, but not now. But Paul Racy right. or well, Ratchie, I... forgive me, <laughs> he was brilliant. I was going to ask you, what is worth it then? Is The Sound of Metal worth it, David? Oh, you're asking the questions... Let me tell you, folks, this is for the sound alone. You know, if if I watch this film blindfolded, it would still be worth it. Like the sound design on this film is incredible, deserves to win the Oscar for sound. But there's there's other brilliant things about this film as well. It's nominated for six Oscars and rightly so. Riz Ahmed is great. Paul Racy or Ratchy, I should bloody well know his name. I'm really sorry, um, is great. The screenplay um is good the edit's good uh, it's an absolute roller coaster of emotions with one of the most hard-hitting profound endings i've seen in a film in a long time sound of metal 100 percent worth it oh Whew, that was tough um <laughs> run out of breath <laughs> <laughs> craig sound of metal for you is it worth it or was it worth it what is it worth? Yes. That's the name of the show. What am I doing? Is it worth? Yes, it? yes, David. <laughs> the sound of metal is is one hundred percent worth watching. Um, you know, like you said, this, for the sound alone, it's worth watching mm. or listening for that. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think I do think the visual and 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 the sound go hand in hand here, in the sense that if you just listen to the audio, would you get the full benefit of it? And I don't think you would. Um, but it, in the, the the audio, just in the way it's done, the way it's been recorded, and the way it's it it's sonically portrayed to you in 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 what he's going through, that really transcends everything about this movie. And I think it's one that you can see on a small screen, on a big screen, just like The Father as well. I think it yeah. doesn't require a cinema screen, but it equally would be impressive to listen to that audio yeah. on that surround sound um, and how that all, all will, will work. Um, but yeah, no, oh, definitely worth watching. It's available in the UK right now on Amazon Prime. Um, and I think it is still going to get a cinematic release as well. Um, so when it does, I will totally be watching that in the cinema. Yeah, me too. So that brings us to the end of week 55. <laughs> Cue the music. Yeah. So thank you for listening to week 55 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. We appreciate all the support from our listeners and our fabulous Patreon supporters. We are sorry for the recent radio silence. As Craig explained, there's been pigeons, there's been accidents, there's been gardening, there's been decorating, there's been carnage. But we hope this episode was worth the wait. And you can let us know. Why not? Email the show. Uh, it's the uh, email address is my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. That email address again is my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. 
Yes, that's right. And we do love getting your emails. We really appreciate getting your emails. Um, I, for one, I know Craig does as well, but I get a real kick out of the emails. So please do email the show. You can also follow us on social media at Film Is Worth It on Twitter or search for Is It Worth It podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And please do engage with us on social media. Again, we love all the engagement on social media. If you're listening online through the website, you can subscribe to the podcast using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and of course, all good podcasting apps. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This only takes a minute out of your day, but is hugely appreciated by the whole Is It Worth It podcasting team. Please do leave us that five-star review. That would be most, most wonderful. (laughs) so uh, I guess that all that leaves us to say is uh, he's been David Long he's been Craig Fields and this has been is it worth it the film review podcast (laughs) (laughs) see how I dragged that out there perfect timing cheers folks see you soon